the For Us, By Us Fund, which supports Black, Brown, Indigenous, and people of color living their best life in Maine. In the Pocket, a talk show that showcases Mainers, who are people of color. Each episode represents a member of the Maine community from art, culture, and business, the earth, wind, and fire of life. Embracing and exploring the Black diaspora and descendants of American slavery through conversation is the foundational concept of In the Pocket. The overall mission of In the Pocket is to create conversational space for all people of color that is documented and celebrated through sharing of life experiences. If you like what you're hearing and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show. Thank you for tuning in to In The Pocket. Today, our guest is Raquel P. Miller. I'm your host today. Hello, Edwards. I guess every day I'm your host. Um, Raquel Miller is a visual artist. She's based out of Bitterford, Maine. Please introduce yourself. Hello, thank you so much, Flo, for having me on the show. My name is Raquel Miller, and I am a visual artist working here in Bitterford, Maine. Um, yeah, I was born in Cuenca, Ecuador, and adopted from there when I was three months old, but I've lived in Maine my entire life, um, and back in December of 2017, I graduated from the University of Southern Maine. I actually majored in English, but I minored in Spanish and studio art, um, and since then, yeah, pretty much since 2017, 2018, have been pursuing my my art and my practice and really incorporating art into my life um, in as many ways as I possibly can. So, yeah. Yeah. And you use your art to communicate. Yes. Yeah. That's actually like one of my biggest focuses right now is communication. Not even so much with, I do want to communicate with others, but really focusing that relationship and communication with myself so that I can understand I don't know like just things that are going on in my life like emotions and just experiences and it helps me really process what's going on around me and what I'm feeling sounds like therapy yeah it is a little bit (laughs) yeah I really want it to be kind of healing and really I'm I like want the process to be like really personal and intimate and that's my, my always my my first focus when I'm making and then I usually take a little bit of time and a lot of those things and I process it and then usually that's when I kind of take um, the next step and share with others whether it's like putting on Instagram or putting on my website finally but yeah nice um is your website new when you say finally like that is that no, it's not new. I did get that. I think that was the first big thing. Like when I like publicly <laughs> announced to like my family and friends and just mutuals on like Instagram or something. Um, the, what, the website is like my big thing when I had worked on that for, I don't know, like honestly a year. <laughs> it took me a long time to get it right. Um, but it's not new. I probably had it going for me. Uh, 2021, 
three years maybe or so. Um, but it just takes me a little bit because I kind of work in phases. I let things pile up a little bit and then I just like go for it, process everything, take photos, and then try to put it on my website in one big lump chunk. Right on. So have you been making art like as a child as well? Like how, what was your inspiration? When did you start? Mm, yeah, I think I've, I don't know if I was like making, I mean, I guess, yeah, as a child, I feel like we all are for the most part, lots, lots of us like start with like coloring books and, or just like being like given like a box of crayons and a, a sheet of paper and just like going for it. So for that, yes, I have definitely always loved like just the process of making like I guess I guess coloring really I really loved color when I was little like I really loved coloring books and I just loved that I could just sit there and get lost in like a page and just fill everything in like piece by piece until it was done and like there was always like a, a method to like applying things like I like to outline the edges and then slowly like kind of lightly got like fill things in and until it was done um very methodical in that sense I like kind of kept up with it until like into middle school and high school but I feel like in high school like my dream of maybe being an artist kind of got didn't get shattered but I just was really scared that I wouldn't be able to like make a living and I, I wanted to do something that I thought would maybe be a little bit more accessible in that way um and so I don't know I went with English so that's still not like the most <laughs> money making <laughs> avenue but um yeah I, I took a class back in um college it was like one of those like prerequisites like just like a creative class I was like I, wanna, I like to do this I'll do a drawing class and I was still like sat on being an English major and that was all I was doing English and Spanish but then I took the art class loved it so much I felt so good about myself and I just really loved just I think it was a drawing class and I just remember like doing these figure drawings and like being able to just see in front of me like some of like I guess my skill and talent that like I kind of like forgot that I had and that just sparked everything and so it's like I think I want to be an art minor and I'm gonna just try this again. <laughs> nice thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Oh yeah of course thank you. Yeah so are you doing anything with the English degree? I think about it like I'm right now I'm fully pursuing art but I think about the way like my English degree and my, my Spanish minor kind of come into play and in, like what I'm doing and I think with the English degree I have just gained the skill to be like really analytical and <laughs> not just like in one surface level I really like to go deep and I think about Sounds kind of cheesy, but <laughs> I like to go deep. Um, but no, like I just, I really look at things in an like an analytical perspective, and I just, I, that's what I enjoy. That's like what I really loved when I first like being an English major. I just like reading books and like reading a text and being able to analyze things and dissect like different like quotes and phrases and try to like figure out like what everything means um, and like really take that reading personally and just make it mean something for me. And that's what I do with my art. Um, and like with my Spanish minor, like my being born in Ecuador, like being adopted from there, like my identity has always been something that's been like really complex and like confusing. Um, 
and that's like a phase that I feel like I'm kind of getting to um but like I feel like those two other parts of my life have still like applied themselves in my art so um yeah like so I'm not doing so like I'm not like editor or something like that but I still feel like those skills that I like I've learned with that degree have helped me in the way that I process think about my art more deeply awesome I'm sure they would because you're really gonna uh, I don't want to say dig deep but you are going (laughs) to notice the details and then add up all those details so that you have a clear picture of what's being portrayed So, in one of your pieces, there's a a woman, and one half of her face is kind of a different color, Um, and then she has, like, I think, like, a half moon, and what makes me think of a sun on the other side. Um, I don't know, that made me, when you were talking about bringing together your Ecuadorian roots and ethnicity with being adopted, that kind of made me think about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think which piece that one is. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm not sure if it was a titled piece or not, but it's okay. Yeah. It's but I mean, like in when I first started making art, like everything I did, like in college, like through like my painting classes, I did a ton of self-portraits <laughs> and um, a lot, a lot, like a lot of self-portraits. I still do them. I don't do them quite as often anymore, but that's like where things started so usually like um the image like a like a I don't know it's, it usually is me like I don't really paint other people <laughs> so it probably kind of alludes to me if it's not over um and that's yeah that's definitely how I was kind of processing some of those initial themes I think they were a little I think my like artistic skill set was not quite is developed to be able to like take those on visually um sometimes like I feel like I bit off more than I can chew in some of the paintings and like it was so that's why I'm like kind of still learning um but I was very much still processing a lot of the you know the questions that I had and just I guess overall feelings about like kind of like where I stand with my identity of like who I am um like I still don't really like Spanish and like that has always been like really like I've always been insecure about that and I've been like um I've never needed to know like biological parents or anything like that that's never been like a concern of mine but like knowing the culture um from where I was from and like knowing the the land and the place are something that's really important to me and something that I'm still like very much learning about um so I, yeah, I was taking on those themes a lot when I was first starting, and sometimes I still do. Um, you had mentioned that you are going to be doing an exhibit for the first Friday. Can you tell me a little more about that? Well, it's really like a, an immersive event. Um, I have I'm collaborating with the main immersives, and they're a newer like group organization, kind of compiled of like a bunch of other like companies and like small businesses like really that are like doing really cool things and trying to do really cool things and in Maine um so what I'm doing for this event is I have some paintings that are going to be displayed um they're all fluorescent Mm -hmm. and 
Um, they're going to be illuminated in one part of Congress Square Park on first Friday um, by this timed light. I'm working with um, someone named Ian Hunt, and he's going to be actually like programming this this light to strategically like hit each painting, kind of like frames or animations. It's not really an animation. I kind of just did a bunch of paintings in the theme, um, but strategically timed to like illuminate them throughout the night. So at like six o'clock, it'll still be kind of light, but by eight o'clock, hopefully there'll still be people there and they can see the paintings because they will fluoresce and glow in the light. That's like where I'm coming into play, but the big event itself is um, just being a big immersive event, free for everyone, anyone can come through. Um, they're like blowing up this 40 foot inflatable and projecting like cool lights and images inside of it as well as on it and you can walk through it. So again, very immersive, like being in the art and making sure it's like accessible to everyone. Yeah, that's what's happening on First Friday, October 1st. Wow, uh, that sounds amazing. That team up with Maine Immersive and being in the art and part of the art as you experience it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. They've, um, they, I don't know, they're doing so much stuff. Like I. This is like one of the first event like events I've like kind of worked with them on. I've worked with um, one of their collaborators before, Faye Warner, who's the founder of Project Immersive. I painted like a, a wall mural um, here in Biddeford when they had their location located here in Biddeford, um, and we actually met back in like a painting class at USM. Um, but yeah, she's really focused on making sure like she can bring like art-related jobs and tech-related jobs and like having everything like fused together so that they can be accessible to people in Maine, keep artists in Maine, and um, keep like the community involved and like wanting to you know, be a part of these events in ways that are just like accessible and open to everyone who like maybe doesn't have like an art background per se. Wow, that's great. Speaking yeah. of community, I feel like Biddeford is developing <laughs> an art scene, right? Yeah, yeah, they have. They like a Biddeford is like the new up and coming town. Like it's kind of been like that for a while. I feel like I've been saying this. I've been, I've lived in Biddeford for seven years. Um, pretty much, I don't know, I was probably like sophomore in college. I, I've lived in Saco, but I lived on my own here in Biddeford um, for about seven years now. And yeah, it's been like the up and coming place for a while now. And um, they have like Engine um, down on Main Street, who's like been really incredible for the Biddeford art community since day one um and there's just like so many different I don't know opportunities popping up and they're like always trying to like bring the community together in some way um whether it be through art or music or food um yeah yeah I like that you brought in your leaf motifs um, I know you are developing like a vocabulary um, of your art style. Um, do those have a place? Yeah, they definitely do. I think last year I was like focused on this weird shape. It's not weird. It just, it, it is kind of like a leaf or kind of plant-like vine, um, but not like overtly that. Like I wanted it to not be like a, like an illustration of like a vine per se. I was working with that image and I just like kind of was stuck on it for a while like not in a bad way I just was just really like focused on like what that meant for me and it kind of became like this symbol for longing and just um, growth and 
Um, I think longing and growth is like the main things. And usually it's like longing for growth or um, just, it's, I don't know, it kind of encapsulated everything in once. It was just like this like vine-like shape going back and forth, almost like a maze. And I was, I'd like written a piece of writing on it, maybe in like a journal entry or something like that. But I just was, you know, thinking about the ways that like our life, like we just go back and forth. Sometimes like it feels like we're moving straight down this path and everything seems so clear and things just stop and like you end up going back and forth like this little tangled up vine. And that's just what I was thinking about. <laughs> and so that that definitely appeared in, in my work last year. And I think in some ways it still has, like I've been painting a lot of paintings of grass, <laughs> um, like just close up paintings of grass. Um, but a little bit more gestural and not like so detailed. Um, I don't know, just been thinking about like the way, um, I don't know, just dreaming of like laying in the grass or like having my like toes in the grass and just like being there, like wind in like wind in your hair, feeling like the sun on your face and just like being there, like connected to it. Um, so yeah, like leaves and plants always kind of show back up in my work and I feel comfortable with it and I like it. Um, I've been trying to like just do things that I enjoy. <laughs> That's part of the success in life you you enjoy. Yeah, yeah, because I think like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to challenge myself. And I'm like, I don't always need to challenge myself. I can just allow myself to enjoy what I'm doing here and like make this art like just for the sake of it sometimes. Like I don't always have to be like tackling these like bigger themes, like just allowing myself some moment to just enjoy it <laughs> and usually that's like the the plants and the those kind of vine like motifs kind of show up when I'm doing that speaking of vegetation um a lot <laughs> of the paintings that you do or the artwork you do you mention what kind of paper it's on are you making any of this paper or um one of it said like handmade or paper and I was like oh, like I've I, I wanted to know, are you making paper? And does it matter what your different um, surfaces when you're applying either the paint or the graphite, the watercolor? Yeah, thanks for noticing that. Like whenever I'm filling out my website, I'm like, this is probably way more information than anyone needs. Like I see some people and they're like, mixed media on paper. And I'm like, what media, what paper? I want to know all the details. Um, so that's why I put all that. Um, a lot of the work, um, I think like the ones on my website aren't on like my personal handmade paper. It's just handmade paper that I purchased. But this past year, I did start making my own paper and it was so great. Um, so fun, super messy. Um, I had actually had like this huge drawer full of watercolors that I just like, I don't know, did them, I don't know, last five years. And some of them are just like, lit, not good. And like, I could look at them and accept that and just be like, I'm not doing anything with these. There's no need for these to take up a whole drawer of like my space. I need this space. And then, so I ended up ripping them all up and making, making paper with them. So I recycled my own art for a new art. Nice. I was thinking you like chopped down a tree and then I was going to hear about <laughs> your little sawmill. <laughs> not quite that intense but um i've always dreamed of like finding a piece of birch bark on like the ground and like painting on that that's very like paper-like and really clean and um like a nice pink salmon color to it 
maybe in the future. Awesome. So that's cool that you are making paper. Great to hear. And recycled yeah. paper as that, you know, repurposed. Awesome. Yes. So does it matter if it's like the 300 pound weight or 150? Like, since you put those details in, I thought it must, but. It doesn't necessarily matter. I just like to like, I don't know. I don't know if it's being transparent to tell people like what materials you use. Because like sometimes it doesn't matter either. Like art can be made with anything. Um, I just like to know those details myself. And I like, when I like look at art, like I always get all up close to it. I'm like, what are they doing? I just like to see that. Um, depending on what I'm working on, I've been working on heavier weight paper, like 300 pound paper, um, or even like watercolor boards, just cause I've been doing a lot of like really heavy washes with like my watercolor work or gouache. And if it's lighter than that, the thing just buckles. And <laughs> I try to avoid that. Um, yeah, but I, I, I like the heavier coarse paper. I, I really like the way that I can like hold some of these smaller like handmade works like in my hand and like feel them there with me. Um, I really like that tactile experience, I guess, when I'm making the work and just like holding it again later on. Um, so yeah, right. And I used to be like I wanted everything super smooth, and now I'm like really enjoying like the kind of chunky inconsistent textured um like hand paper like the 300 pound like cold press paper or rough paper nice and so you feel it gives your art well for one if it's a watercolor and you're doing a heavy wash it keeps it from buckling but you also feel like it gives it texture with how you're applying your materials when they're not watercolor yeah definitely i've been yeah i've been using for some of my acrylic paintings i've been trying to explore some more like acrylic grounds that you can use so i've been using a coarse pumice gel like like yeah emulate like dirt and just um just like the ground we walk on and um, getting that texture um, and I really like that. I really like using coarse brushes and really like scratching and smushing all the paint to the canvas or the panel. Um, so the surface is definitely important to me. I, I really like being able to have those inconsistencies. Um, it also like helps me not be like a super perfectionist. Um, I feel like when I first started making art, I was being like a, I just wanted it all to be perfect and it never was. Um, and when I have those kind of rougher textures, like it's just easier for me to just let those mistakes happen. And they're not even mistakes, um, but just embracing them and just letting the work like be what it is and not, I don't know, just letting like those kind of inconsistencies like with watercolor or just the messiness of just painting in general sometimes, just letting that happen in the process and not getting too caught up in things being super perfect. I was watching this uh, documentary about David Driscoll and he spoke of a professor of his who made like all the students in that class like rip up their art that the, she just had them make so they could use it in a collage. So it's good yeah. to not to be attached to things too much. Yes, yeah, a 100%. Yeah, especially with your art, it's like sometimes you just want it to be even though you treat it like this sacred thing and sometimes that's great um but sometimes i think it like limits you and like kind of makes you scared to do anything to it and i don't know we're able to just like keep making things and they're all just as special as the next 
For sure. Yeah. Is there anything you have possibly lined up for any other outdoor exhibit happening that you know of in 2021? Honestly, nothing, but nothing right now. Um, but this like wasn't happening like three weeks ago. So <laughs> um, like I, things have been happening like really just like out of the blue and just kind of going with it. So I, I don't know, maybe something could happen in the, like the, this year, next year. Um, nothing planned, but I'm just kind of letting it, letting it happen. Yeah. And I assume like with COVID too, or the pandemic, that it makes sense for like, well, we don't really know or people going to die. Like we should wait until something gives us yeah. like, yeah, it's a go ahead. So I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I've been like trying to just take advantage of, um, I don't know. I, I started a new job and it's given me like a little bit extra time, not only for my work, but just to like not feel like I have to constantly be doing something. Um, I used to just like cram my days full of like, like if I got home at seven, I was like, okay, I'm going to eat in 30 minutes and then I'm going to go in the studio and paint for the rest of the night. And I'm like, no, like just calm down. <laughs> I've been trying to like, just not rush myself and not, I don't know, just get too, too caught up in like applying for things. Not like we shouldn't apply for things and take advantage, but there's always going to be more opportunities to apply for things and they'll always be there. There'll always be more deadlines and just, I've been trying to just kind of like sit with my work, not rush it and um, like just learn. And I've been trying to take some classes. Um, so I do actually, I, I actually just before the this call, I got word that I was accepted into, um, so the NYC Crit Club um, fall session for a drawing class and this past year I took a crit class with them um, which was really great and so I applied for another class and I just got accepted to that so that'll be from like I think the end of October into December so that'll keep me busy pretty much for the end of the year. Nice and what yeah. is a, a crit class? NYC yeah. Yeah, it's, um, they're based out of New York City, um, and because of COVID, they went online. They used to meet all in person, like at this space in, I think, in Brooklyn, um, but they went completely online for COVID, um, and yeah, you get together like with a group of, I don't know, like 13 other artists and um, like one faculty, um, and then the crit, the crit class was had like four rotating critics come in two of them artists I think one was a curator and one was maybe like a gallery owner a director or something like that and um you presented your work what you were doing in like about 15 minutes or so um, and got feedback from these really amazing artists so that was really really great and then this new class will actually just be kind of like a drawing class I don't think like a drawing in history class but like art history so yeah well, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I'm really excited. I, w I was like waiting to hear and now I got it. So <laughs> Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Raquel. Um, I've really enjoyed time with you. I hope the listeners have too and in the pocket. Um, how can we reach you? What's the plug? Yes, uh, thank you. This is great. Uh, I was nervous, but now it, it was so, so great. Um, but uh, I think everything is Raquel P. Miller. So my website is www.raquelpmiller.com. 
my Instagram is at Raquel P. Miller. Um, I even have a TikTok. I, I don't really do. <laughs> I don't really do anything that much, but it's like my heart TikTok, and of course I scroll. But um, that one is also Raquel P. Miller. But I think all my all my TikTok videos are like art related videos, and they're just fun. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's everything that I have. I have like a Facebook too, but I'm like way more active on Instagram and things like that. So yeah, great. And that is spelled uh, R-A-Q-U-E-L-P-M-I-L-L-E-R. Yes. If you like what you've heard and want to hear it again or want to check out our archive of past shows, look for us at inthepocket.captivate.fm or search In The Pocket on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at In The Pocket and give us a follow so you never miss a show.